the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we're we're here. We're ready to go. I'm sitting here. We're sitting here talking about what we're going to talk about. How's that one for you? We're sitting and talking. I got to turn my mic up here. There we go. Now we're ready. Good to have you here for a here. And maybe I should just start not taking a break, and then people can listen to the whole show. What do you think, uh, Heidi? That way, <laughs> she's shaking her head. No, 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 no. I was sitting here. I spent 10 minutes here with Paul Calvert uh, before everybody got here trying to figure out Roby Brock's name. <laughs> I, for the life of me, I could not come up with his name. Neither of us could figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I, I was brain dead this morning when I came in. I'm surprised I drove to work without oh, getting man. in a wreck. <laughs> Found your way without getting lost. Huh? <laughs> it was terrible. It's been 40 it's years in the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting I'll send that in just a second. We got a we got a full show for you today. We're we're going to get here into just some uh, some talk here in this first half hour that I think we need to have. I mean, if you're a Trump supporter, which I am, all right. I mean, he stands right behind me every day in my my show. But the former president was wrong over the over the weekend. He was wrong to take off after the uh, Senate Minority Leader. I mean, this is the man who helped him get through every one of his Supreme Court justices. And then secondly, just took out to the vice president again, Pence. Why? The vice president didn't do anything wrong. Now, Trump says he did. According to the Constitution, Mr. Trump, he didn't do anything wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. He could not throw out the uh, the votes on the on the presidency he can't do that let us not become our enemies i keep mentioning that <laughs> there's a lot of people that you know they 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 want to just kind of embrace well the other side's not paying attention to the constitution why should we because that's what we stand for <laughs> ah drives me crazy sorry yeah, guys that's- that's exactly what I thought about when I read the article this weekend about we were talking about House Bill 622. Yeah. Whenever they didn't have the votes to get it out of committee to put on the floor, let's just become our enemy. Yep. And let's just cheat like the Democrats always do. That did. was something that you're mentioning that Doyle Webb used to say. Yeah, I'll never Don't forget. Don't become our enemy. Just because you're in power doesn't mean suddenly now – you can do to the other people what they did to you, yeah, which you was illegal. The people you replace. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh-uh. And we'll talk about that today. What we're what we're mentioning, we'll we'll bring it up. 
at 7.35, I'm just sending him a new uh, text. We're going to have uh, State Senator Alan Clark on, and he'll talk about 622 because I got questions about it. I mean, this is the old, well, let's give them a half a loaf of bread and they'll love us like the people who want to give the, the whole bakery away. You know, it's just, come on, that's not the way it works. You know it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, that 622 is, is it's decidedly different, but it's still kind of. It's a this, hate crime bill without being a hate crime bill. Well, it's a hate crime <laughs> bill without actually protecting any special classes of people. Well, it lists a bunch of classes of people on there. This one doesn't. Oh well, it does. No. In my opinion, when I read it, I thought it listed uh, different groups of people. Well, uh, you can call groups of people classes of people, right, but, right. So, but it doesn't list any, <laughs> it doesn't list any specific classes, and so it's oh, yeah. it's it it applies to any group or every group. You could be the whether does, whether does, you're a, a member of the boy Boy Scouts or the the pansy picking. My question is, is: Is this lady justice have a blindfold on, or does she not? Uh, she might be peeking. Yeah, I think she's peeking. We don't want to take the whole blindfold off and throw it away. Yeah. We don't want to give everybody equal justice. You still want to play the race card, and you still want to play the the Christian Trump card or whatever card, or you're a Catholic. I'm, you know, I'm not a Catholic, or or you're a Protestant, or whatever. Just throw those cards in the trash. And let's all be let's, let's just stand for justice created equal in God's sight. Right. So one of the questions that was asked in the Senate committee about this bill was, um, so, so what the bill does is it it, it protects, um, it gives increased penalties, if you will, to people who attack someone because of their membership in a particular group. It doesn't make any difference which group it is, but if you're a member member of a particular group and it's an identifiable group and you're attacked because of that, then that the, um, didn't they get a, didn't they get a, no wait didn't they get a, around that by not saying you know not saying additional time but saying that you wouldn't be able to come up for like parole right right and that's that's what it is so it's not actually it's not actually greater penalty it's just you oh, you got to serve eighty percent of your sentence I have a question just Uh-oh. the terminology you just used there <laughs> mm-hmm. membership in a particular group right how do you prove that you are a member of that group. What well, is your membership status? I don't know. I don't know. So, so if it was, if it was, how, how do if, I if prove was, I'm a member of the uh, African American community? If it was skin color, right? You could, <laughs> you could. Well, uh, I mean, do we have to have a card? Think, if, if you, you don't might, think don't that's know. not going to enter into it, you're, right. you're kidding yourself, right? But and, or, and, or a person that that uh, that is that is a homosexual, they. Every homosexual doesn't look like what we might have in our right. mind and so, as a homosexual. So, do you ask them to see their card? Well, right. so, so I think what the, what the bill actually deals. And you with, understand? I mean, right. I'm I do. I do. Facetious, no, no, no. I understand. Actually, it's, it's a good question. You get into all of those things, and, and what do I go? Oh man, God, I forgot to get my African American right. card so renewed. The thing is, it's not so again. much about you being part of the group. It's 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 more about. The person attacking you because you're part of the group. And so How do they know I'm part of the group? Do they, they, well, do they ask for my card? Even if well, let me see if you so, and AA, you know, so, this so I can attack you. So the issue is is with their intent, not not with your status, actually. And so if they're mistaken <laughs> about wrong. you being part of the group, may that may they still but, may. But, that's but wrong. the whole question sounds like motive. Oh, it is. It's precisely that's what it's about. And it's, so if you get the motive wrong, if I assume. That you are a member of a certain group, and you get attacked. and I beat the crap out of you or attack you, <laughs> right. and then come to find out later, I wasn't that I wasn't. Now, so it's oh, we don't have. To, they're not going to get that extra penalty then, Maybe because was, this person, this person's life, 
I don't know. Uh, I, think if, I think, look, I think if you beat the crap out of somebody, there should be a law about assault. Period. And then everybody gets Period. the same kind of right. treatment. I, I on, bet right. there is one. Yeah, there is. For the extra protection, do those groups, said groups, have to pay extra taxes because they're getting, you know, extra? No, no that's the thing is that they don't. And, 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 and so one of the questions that was asked in the committee was, well, what if what if someone gets attacked or beat up um, because they refuse to join a certain group? Uh, so apparently, this this bill wouldn't protect those people, and so like unions, pro- maybe, maybe, or or maybe maybe MS thirteen wants you to join their club, and they're going to kill you if you don't, mm-hmm. and they do kill you, and then so does does that person who kills you then get the extra? Punish, punishment because think about that. you're but you not have to prove that, right? Well, no, actually, you wouldn't because because it's irrelevant because you weren't attacked for being a part of a group. You'd be you were attacked because you weren't part of a group. The best question was either from Trent Garner or State Senator Bob Ballinger to Joyce Elliott mm. when they asked the attack on Scalise in Washington D.C. when he was shot because he was a Republican. Would that register as a hate crime? And she said. She said, well, I don't know. I have to do more research on that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what she, that, that was her answer. Clause. Uh, that, that was, for, that was for the SB3. Just put the blindfold back on, Lady Justice. Well, no. That was for SB3 when they were actually trying to run the, the hardcore hate crimes bill. But yeah, that was the same thing. With H- Hendren and the... Yeah, he said it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> one's... one's Hardcore. The other, the other things watered down. All right. Let me just say, you still, you still got it going. Well, Dave, this will apply more to me and you, and maybe RD a little bit. Do you remember my first car I bought was a new car was nineteen eighty five Nissan Sentra. Okay, it didn't have AC and it didn't have a tape player in it. It was a base model. So I bought the base model, but then you know later you can come when you can afford it and you can add. The AC, you can add the tape player. Do you get what I mean? You get this bill passed Amen. through. And later Amen. on, you come back and you add all those things you couldn't Amen. afford to politically add in to get it passed the first time. I, can that not happen? It, it maybe oh, could. Yeah. I, so I, I think that this bill achieves everything. For who? Well, I, I think, I think, it, actually, left, I think it actually achieves everything for the left except that it doesn't create special classes. Until they can afford well, that's in the I, definition, to add the Paul. air conditioning that's in, in there. The well, that, that's the thing is that, that, that <laughs> and so the, 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 the early hate crimes bill actually classif- specified certain classes. Yeah, it was more Almost, truthful. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I think, and I think Alan Clark's going to address this yeah. to some extent later on in the show. But I think the idea, especially with Alan Clark's idea, is that, this this actually makes all groups equal, and I appreciate that aspect of the bill. Although I I think that it's, I would think that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Alan Clark wouldn't have uh, probably wouldn't have supported it it's, if it hadn't. It's the Constitution not make us all. <clears throat> yeah, would, I thought would, it did. You would think, or, and so that's, and that's the Declaration. The I thought the right. Declaration of Independence well, did that. Well, uh, you know, that was Declaration of Independence. I think was exactly what you're talking uh, about. Men are created, created equal. 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 Thank you. And you Let's know enforce what? that. 
You, you, you would know, think, and, 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 but, that was their Nissan Sentra at the right. time. So, yeah. that, so, and that, so, there was something to add to that because they had problems. We call, we call those amendments. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll speak more here on the Dave Ellswick Show about this. We're going to get into it uh, at 735. We'll talk to State Senator Alan Clark about it because he's one of the sponsors of, the, of that bill and hear what he has to say. We want to hear his reasoning behind it. And we will later on in the show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we've got a gentleman from First Liberty who's going to be with us. We're going to talk about packing the court. President's brought this up oh, on no. the end of the weekend, so uh, end of the uh, the week. So we'll talk about that. And we've got Pastor uh, McRae going to be on with us, 705 from Dallas. Remember that green eggs and ham poem I played? That's <laughs> that the gentleman. Good. That's the gentleman who cut it. Uh, we're going to have him on to talk about uh, cancel culture. That's all coming up as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Power panel's here. Paul's here. RD's here. And Iverson's here. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stay tuned. We've got more coming your way. Don't forget about the folks over at Applied Research Center and the R- the ARC. I'm going to say it backwards. ARC Walking Clinic, where they now offer COVID-19 rapid testing and treatment. You stop in. You get a rapid test and medical evaluation. The treatment and follow-up visit are included if the test is positive. Hopefully it won't be. What this will do is keep you from being having to be on you know, a week of quarantine while you're waiting for the results to come in. They come in a lot quicker than the, uh, the old-fashioned test that was around a few months ago. Now it's a rapid test. Call 501-954-7822, 501-954-7822 to schedule your COVID-19 rapid test today. Okay, about SB 622, here's what the sponsor, uh, Senate President Jimmy Hickey, had to say about it, all right? Whatever group you want to think of in your mind right now, this will allow the prosecutor to look at that have that tool in their toolbox to be able to bring this charge and be able to keep those perpetrators locked up for a minimum of 80% of their sentence. How about if we start off by saying you're going to serve 100% of your ser- your sentence? Yeah, everybody. Not 80%, I, I think 100%. I think that's reasonable, too. One of, one of their arguments is that, well, we use this as a tool to um, to encourage good behavior. So if you're if you're... If you behave, then we'll take some of your sentence off. I think it's probably the wrong approach. I think the better approach is you serve your entire sentence, and if you're bad, we punish you some more. I think the truth is is we can't afford to keep them that long. And I think that's part of the problem. Prison and, is a terrible way to punish people. It's expensive. And, and, it's, it's, I think it's, it probably helps them to become worse people when they get out, and it's, it's just a terrible way to punish people. And if a judge knows they're only going to serve 40 percent or 17 percent, I think is the number they were throwing around on good, be- on good behavior. Yeah. Yeah. If they only, if they know, then if you want them to spend a certain amount of time, then you may you, have to you, give them 60 years. Right. So you got the judge up there playing math, 17 percent mm-hmm. that. Well, hey, if you take that away, right. then the judge just gives them what they deserve. Well, and, and that's the thing is, so we don't we've got um, juries and judges, perhaps that. They don't really know how long these people are going to stay in prison, but that's and that's it, it, it's a mess. But I, I think you're right that that the sentence should be what the sentence is. And if you're bad in prison, you get punished some more. But but don't make it 
the, the fact that, okay, I was good, therefore I don't have to get, get punished as much as I deserve. It allows favoritism. It I allows it favoritism. If, you, if you're not in the in crowd for some reason, mm-hmm. and if, if people don't like you for some reason, mm-hmm. then there's favoritism. Right. Favoritism is the reason we're against 622 is because it opens the door it, for it, favoritism. It, and it says if a certain group, then this is in their toolbox. Well, if somebody doesn't like you, I'm from a small town right. where there's politics involved <laughs> in a small town. Right. There's some half the you town might. don't like the other half of the town because of family or, right. or just right. because well, they're the haves and the have nots. Right. You know, well, if you can, hey, you got an 80% something in your toolbox. So if you really want to punish somebody, you can have sure. unequal justice in the toolbox. Well, it is. I mean, you look at the, there have been quite a few shootings lately here mm-hmm. in Little Rock. And I, I was looking at the news yesterday, and I saw some of those shootings. So is this bill going to do anything to quail some of that shooting? And here's, here's, the, here's, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. Because most of, most of the news that I saw, it was black-on-black crime, mm-hmm. and then it was white-on-white crime or Caucasian or whatever y'all want to be pro- called. Probably won't it was, have, it have was all of that. Really. You know, so, so is I that just want to be called to, an American. There you go. And and this bill says that we're not all just Americans, that we're this right. group and, so you and get, we're that group. You get this special protection. What about the white kid that killed his father there in Jefferson County? Right. And, I mean, and that's, his, his, that's, that's the thing is that the, the, the nature of, of most, whether it's assault, battery, or, or murder, the nature is malice. If it's if it's malicious, then it's murder. So if now it's, we're if playing it's malicious. God. It's it's assault and battery versus you know if it was an accident, you know you you backed over somebody in the parking lot accidentally. It's not it's not murder because there's no malice involved. It and it doesn't matter what group you're with or it what group you're right, not right, with. It, right, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Any, yeah, it's, it's there's no malice involved. Therefore, it's not murder. And I think that's that's the one step I think that we have the differences. Was it malice? Was it malicious? No. Yeah, okay. You ever, then it's you ever, not you ever watch this little show? You know, it deals with the forensics and that type of thing mm-hmm. like that. And some of the some of the shows they have on there. Now these are all real life cases. Okay. Remember. Now one of the things that 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 the killers will try to do is make it look like an, an accident. accident, so that proves that there's no malice involved. Mal- right. And that's yeah. that's that's the that's one of the things that that is is highly relevant in a case of murder. Just so then, the same. so then it leaves the detectives looking for. Uh, motive. Okay. Right. So, all right. This bill, which was passed by the vote of 22 to 7, okay, in, in the, the state Senate, Senate uh, says that uh, you're going to serve at least 80% of your sentence if you committed a serious violent felony. And I'm like, why isn't you going to serve 100%? I think we started 100%, and then if you want to get into a you know, they, they didn't cause any problems and stuff. Should we give them time off or whatever? Uh, if they committed a serious violent felony against someone because of their mental, physical, biological, cultural, political, or religious beliefs or characteristics. What about the environment? Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's, that's what's in the bill, just I mean, so you know. I'm a catfish lover, so if I think someone is mistreating catfish and I go out and kill them because they're mistreating catfish. Now, the left doesn't like it and don't believe it's a hate crime bill because it does not specify specify race, sexual orientation, or gender identity. 
See? Well, the sponsor said it can apply to anything you want to apply it to. Yeah, Did well, you not say kind, that? Well, that's what I'm just saying. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. But see here, this is the mistake of conservatives, and that is offering a half a loaf when the other side is saying, well, we're going to get a whole loaf. What I mean by that, this is what we tend to do, conservatives. The the left wants to have some kind of program that gives people, and I'm, I'm just going to use a loaf of bread, make it easy. They offer anybody who makes under a certain amount of money a full loaf of bread absolutely free. We look at that and they go, well, look, they're getting warm. I'll spew you out. Right. And so so that's the the, the fact is that people, that's what voters hate, people hate hypocrisy. If you're gonna be a socialist, just be a socialist. But if you're if you're gonna try to be a conservative socialist, people will just hate you. And and you kind of deserve it on some level. And and they they come the out on the bread or not. <laughs> All right. We yeah. gotta take a break. Here's the news. We'll be back. All right, so uh there's not enough homes out there to be sold, and interest rates are really, really low. Now what does that mean? It means you got a seller's market. That's what it means. And if you're looking to sell your home right now, you want to uh, give a call to Dustin Turner, let him turn his program on for you, and get your house sold. I mean, get your house sold now. Here's what Dustin does. He markets your home in a way that people will see it, and he makes sure that his people come in, they talk to you, you look at your house, and you make sure that your house is presented in such a way that people want to buy it as well. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing this, so i got to get his people out and let them kind of start telling me what should I do and what shouldn't I do. Because I've been looking at this uh, here for the last couple of years, and I've been taught taught by a lot of different people that sometimes you want to do something and you don't have to do that. So save the money and get it uh, when you sell when you when you sell the uh, you know the house. Dustin Turner with the uh, home team brokered by EXP Realty uh, can give you everything you need to be able to uh, sell your home and sell it fast and sell it for. The best price. All you have to do is call him because this is the guy I'm going to call. I'm going to use Dustin when I get ready to sell. I don't know if it's going to be at the end of this year or next year, but it's coming up within, let's just say, the next 24 months. I'm, I'm going to downsize. I'm, I'm at that age. I need to downsize. I get tired of going out and mowing three quarters of an acre of lawn. All right. I just get tired of that. Uh, in fact, I don't do it anymore. My my wife does it. She likes to likes to mow, so I'm more than happy to let her do it. But give uh, Dustin a call, 501-952-2969. That's 501-952-2969. Or go online to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com, and then you can start uh, packing. All right, last week... You know, here's something I don't understand. Why is it that people say they're going to do things and people say, ah, they won't do that? They just said they're going to do it. (laughs) All right. That's like listening to terrorists. and They say, "Uh, you know, we catch you, we'll cut your head off. And they start cutting people's heads off and everybody goes, 
Could you believe what they're doing? Well, they told you they were going to do it, all right? This is what they told you. The president of the United States would never say if he was for or against uh, packing the Supreme Court during the campaign. But he said, I'll put together a commission. Oh, no. Now, if people are, any of you are Southern Baptists, you know what, you know, you put a committee together, what you get, all right? There's a, a running joke about that. But the bottom line, here we got a president now that started putting a commission. So he's going to put a commission. And everybody's running around with their hands in the air like the guy from uh, Airplane. Going, <laughs> you know, dude, he said he was going to do it. What's surprising about it? So let's talk about that. Jeremy joins us from uh, First Liberty. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? Let's talk a little bit about this back in the court. Were you surprised that the, that the president said we're going to put together a commission? No, not at all. In fact, uh, that was the only about the only thing he would say during the campaign that he was going to do was that he was going to get a bunch of people together, put them on a a committee of sorts, and figure out what what should be done about, uh, as they call it, judicial reform, or as we know, what the likely outcome will be is suggesting to either pack the court or to somehow tilt it in favor of of creating a kind of super legislature that. Uh, is only going to mean less independence for our judiciary, not more. Yeah, it's this is crazy. I got I got a question here. I've been saying for a long time that the Democrat Party is uh, against American values, and here we got the president now saying, "Well, let's put a commission together, and we'll see if we need to, you know, literally pack the court." And people are saying that there's Democrats out there that will vote against this. And I'm saying, show me. I haven't seen them yet. They haven't stood up and put their hand up and said, I can't go along with that. Do you think there's Democrats that would try to stop this? Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, and, and I fear a little bit for it. I think we've got reason to. There was a, uh, a case last year in which the, a couple senators filed a friend of the court brief with the Supreme Court of the United States. And there was a not-so-subtle threat that they put inside of that, that if the Supreme Court did not rule in the way that they wanted to, and this was led by Chuck Schumer and a few others, that they were going to uh, do what they can do as, as a legislature, and that is to pack the court to add new members. And that kind of uh, intimidation from one branch of our government to or another is just really uncalled for, especially when it is going against a judiciary that is supposed to, for very important reasons, uh, occupy a very independent role. Uh, and so for the Senate to demand that they do what they, uh, uh, to, to do the bidding of a political machine uh, that is the Democratic Party, that uh, the judiciary do that, I mean, it, it just smacks of things that uh, our, our country has always stood against. Now, my hope is, though, that the words coming from Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Kristen Sinema, uh, that they will not move on the filibuster, which would be necessary to be able to even get to this point, of those kind of or that they would not pack the court. Uh, I really hope that that will ring true, because the divided nature of our United States Senate right now is such that, you know, almost anything could happen with the tilting of just one or two senators right now. But so far, we're getting uh, word from D.C. that those senators are going to hold firm but how long that lasts is, is a matter of debate, especially when we come up with this politically motivated commission on the Supreme Court of the United States. Really, anything goes. And what lies at stake here is every American knows 
is an, uh, is, is the destruction of an independent judiciary that is supposed to be uh, modeling of the of, of Lady Justice, right, with a, a blindfold over her eyes, and, and we remove that blindfold when we start playing political games with a court that's supposed to be independent. All right, so th- they tried to do this one other time back in the the forties under FDR, and it failed miserably. All right, we stayed where we're at, but there were a lot of people from both parties that understood principle at that time. I'm wondering, is principle more important than power now? Boy, I, boy, I, in this modern age, it's hard to, hard to think through that. Uh, look, it took in the 1930s when uh, FDR proposed this idea, the 1940s, uh, that it took his own party, in fact, his own vice president, saying this is a, a terrible idea, we can't do that. And thankfully, you're right, it, it, it failed. Uh, but what it did do is it had a major impact upon the justices themselves. And so that that itself is its own subset of a problem of this uh, debate about court packing. And and I hope that our justices will remain as as committed to the Constitution as we expect them to be when it comes to court packing. Thank you, Justice Breyer, even this last yes, week, right. court packing would be a horrible idea. And let's not forget the words of the uh, president of the United States, who, when he was a senator, said that court packing is a, quote, bonehead idea. Uh, and so hopefully he will remember his own words. No. Uh, and remembering his own words, he might actually live by them. I, I guess we could hope at least that that will be the case. Yeah, I'll hope for it, but I'll expect the worst. Paul? Yeah, no, I was, Go I was actually going to kind of bring up that issue in, with the FDR, and is, is that uh, to some extent his, his threat to pack the courts was successful in that, from what I understand, the, the judges kind of caved to some of his ideas. But and, so... One of the things that that's frustrating, though, is that so so for years the left has used the courts as a um, legislative tool unlawfully, and and now it seems that as Republicans or those on the right have finally discovered, you know, what, maybe we need to do something and slow this this abuse of power by the judicial branch and slow it down. Uh, now the, the it seems like the people on the left are like, well, we don't want to play fair. We don't like the fact that, that your side's going to try it or try to actually bring us into check. And so we've got to do something else to, to tilt the, the um, odds in our favor again. Yeah, look, the left right now is, is so embittered about the last four years of, uh, of what has gone on, especially within the judiciary. They are, have called open seats on the Supreme Court through resignations or, or, or deaths, in some instances, two deaths in this time. And then all the other judicial seats that have come open on the lower courts, of the courts of appeal and the district courts across the country, that President Trump has done such a fine job or had done such a fine job of of filling those seats with uh, principled conservatives who are dedicated to upholding the Constitution and reading it in a very uh, strict and uh, reasonable way, that uh, they have called all of those things court packing. Uh, It's just simply ridiculous. I mean, when when people die or they resign their seat, it is a constitutional duty of the president to nominate and the Senate to confirm people to fill those seats. And that's exactly what the United States Senate did through the appointment process with President Trump. And they're so blind, orange, angry at (laughs) President Trump that they can't get past that, and now they seem to want to exact and measure political revenge on the American people by forcing the court to do their bidding, removing that level of independence that is so necessary 
in our system of justice in this country uh, that they they don't care about the future consequences of what that might mean for them. They don't mind operating in a political bullying kind of way to make sure that the judiciary hit pocket for as many years as they. Jeremy is our guest. He'll be with us to the top of the hour. We got to get a break in, Jeremy. We'll be right back. So if you got your coffee cup, go ahead and refill it. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Pat Davis and what he's offering to you as far as health care insurance. I mean, this is actual insurance. It's not a share plan that a lot of people offer. Uh, you can save 30 to 50% on health insurance by doing it uh, the way that Pat does it. And I know I, I make all these statements every day during my show, and you go, Dave, you know, come on, that, that can't be true. Call him. Call him. You, you can – I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people who make up their mind that it, it's too good to be true, and then you miss out on – because it isn't too good to be true. It's just true, all right? And you miss out because you don't make the call. So here's the phone number again, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935. In fact, I had a friend just a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks now, uh, sent me a, a text message. It was really short, and it said, is this guy legit talking about Pat Davis? And I, I wrote back and I said, do you think I'd talk about it if it wasn't legit? Of course it's legit. You know, I know it sounds really, really good, and you're saying, I can't be that good. Call them, and, find, and they did, and they ended up changing their insurance, and they're saving hundreds of dollars a month, which is thousands of dollars a year when you start adding it up. Or you can go to yourhealthplanman.com. Take a chance, all right? When have I led you wrong about the people that I talk about, about their businesses? I mean, I talk about R.D. all the time. He's sitting on my show here all the time, and I take my car to him a lot. So does my son-in-law. Okay, and he does a great job. It's Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, and he's your health plan man at health, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, so we're talking about packing the court, uh, and a lot of people kind of dismissed uh, the president, when he said he's put together a commission, uh, but here's the key. He meant what he said, and now he's going to put a commission together. And when commissions come together, and they got, I think they got 90 days to come back with their ideas, here's the problem with that. When those ideas are presented, a lot of people that are in here in our country are going to hear them, and they're going to go, well, these are learned men. <laughs> these are learned men. Maybe that's the right way to go. And it could cause fissures. And I'm saying, if they say we need to put more people on the Supreme Court, run away, run away. You know, we can go into my uh, my whole thing about Monty Python and just run away from it. And Jeremy is with us. Uh, First Liberty, what, what's the exact name of your uh, group there, Jeremy? It's First Liberty Institute, and we all we do around the country is defend religious liberty. You can learn more about us at firstliberty.org. All right. I wanted to give you the time to talk about that. Go and uh, put it on bookmark 
So you can go and check out at least weekly and read what they're doing. It's important, especially about religious liberty. It's very, very important. All right, you had a question that you wanted to ask him, R.D. Go ahead. You know, our country was created to have a balance of power in, in their system that was created in the Constitution. But does the left not see that, uh, and Americans not see that the pendulum always swings both direction? And uh, you would have an unlimited number of people, and there would be no balance of power. Do you think this can be explained to the American people in a way they can realize what the consequences would be? Yes. In fact, I think the American people know intuitively that this is a bad idea. Uh, all of their lifetime, there have been nine justices of the Supreme Court, and they've been taught at least at a basic level at, in high school civics that uh, the judiciary is supposed to be this independent agency of the federal government that is serving as a, an appropriate check upon the role of the political branches of government, the, the executive and the legislative. Uh, and they paid attention long enough to know that the left has become increasingly uh, angry at uh, their policy objectives not being met. And, and further than that, I think the American people also understand and frankly appreciate a Supreme Court that understands its duty of reading the Constitution and ensuring that the rights that are articulated are inside of that Constitution, that America, the American people value every single day and foremost among them being religious liberty, that uh, that is oftentimes the judiciary that says to the legislature or the other political branch, the executive, to say, uh, hey, you've gone too far on this, and you've removed that guarantee of the First Amendment when it comes to the free exercise of religion. Take Friday night as a great example. I I think the American people were uh, very pleased that the Supreme Court, for the fifth time in a year, turned back legis- uh, or, I'm sorry, executive action by the governor of California uh, and these COVID restrictions that he's placed upon mm-hmm. people worshiping together inside of their home. Mm-hmm. This is remarkable to me. It's taken now five different times for the Supreme Court of the United States to tell the, the state of California, you are restricting against the Constitution the free exercise of religion of Californians by having three different families meeting inside people's homes. Uh, And so they see that and they go, wait a minute, if we don't have an independent judiciary, uh, then our political leadership can simply run roughshod over top of these values that we hold so near and dear. And they know that that will be what what happens when they see, as they've seen in the last year, these miniature uh, dictators issuing executive orders out the, uh, you know, out the out the door all the time. I'm not talking just about governors. I'm talking about local health officials. Oftentimes, doing radically ridiculous things. Uh, in fact, we had a case up in the state of Massachusetts recently where the local health officials there were dressed in, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, looking like police gear. They stormed into a Hispanic church in Massachusetts and tried to shut them down. This is the United States of America, where we've wow. got health officials trying to shut down people who are uh, guaranteed the right to exercise their faith, even during the time of a pandemic. And so they know that if the Supreme Court is able, if this commission comes back and says, hey, we're going to add three, four seats to this, they know that before long, this is going to become an even worse political football and we're going to have a Supreme Court of the United States with justices numbering more than the Galactic Senate in Star Wars. 
Uh, and so my hope is that there are still senators out there that say, no, the Constitution means something. We're not going to turn this political, we're not going to turn this independent group of the Supreme Court into a political football and, and make it something that, that, that will be just another state of our politics that has gotten so far afield from what it should be. Uh, but, you know, that's that's what's going to be the battle over the next coming months. All right. We're down to two minutes. Go ahead. Okay, Jeremy, uh, you know, between uh, John Adams and, and, and Lincoln, the number on the Supreme Court was uh, was changed several times. And then it settled, you know, finally settled on nine and and uh, Roosevelt being unsuccessful. Now, with our school system, public schools being so compromised uh, scholastically, how, how do we protect? And, and then one more thing with that, there being no real set number in the Constitution, what's, what's, what's the approach that we take to make sure that the citizenry knows, um, you know, the dangers of playing with the Supreme Court like that? Jeremy, you got 90 well, seconds. Yeah, first, we, we look back at those times when it was expanded and contracted and realized that those were political paybacks even then mm-hmm. that had to be corrected by future legislatures and were. Uh, and we settled that nine for, I think, a good and, and just reason, and, and that is to make sure that there is a sufficient number that is an odd number, that there won't be these ties, but that, that has worked very well for the last, you know, 100 and what, however many years that that's been the case at the Supreme Court. Uh, and then we just simply depend right now upon people calling their senators and making it very clearly known to them that uh, they are paying attention to this and that when they come back up for re-election in 2022, 24, whatever it is, that they're going to be casting their votes accordingly. And I think that's what you're hearing right now from people like Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, that if they want to receive the, the next term in office, they're not going to do it on the backs of having a Supreme Court that has been packed for political reasons. So let's hope that this commission comes back with the appropriate finding that is to say, yeah, no, nine's a great number. Let's keep it at that and make sure that uh, we pay attention to a, a, an independent judiciary as the Constitution demands. All right. Jeremy, give everybody your website again or your organization's website so they can go to it. Yeah, I'd encourage them to go to firstliberty.org, F-I-R-S-T, liberty.org. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate your uh, time. We'll have you on in the near future again. That's Jeremy from uh, First Liberty here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got to take a break for the news when we come back. Pastor Chris McRae, remember uh, Green Eggs and Ham? That's good. Play that. He's going to join us. He's the one who did it. We'll talk to him when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Second hour, Dave Ellswick show on a Monday, and uh, it was last week, last uh, Monday, we played a version of Green Eggs and Ham here on the show. Do we have that still? Okay. We play it here. Let's just play that. Go ahead. I do not like Green Eggs and Ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like them on a boat. I do not like them with a goat. 
I do not like them on a train or in the dark or in the rain. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I'll tell you what else I do not like, calling good things bad and wrong things right. They've come and tried to destroy our structure, barging in with this cancel culture. With angry expressions, they were sent to come with us with their agenda. You know what else makes me see red? Attacking Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> or Speedy Gonzalez or Pepe Le Pew and the Bernstein Bears, to name a few. You can't say that or you can't say this. Well, I've had enough and I've made a list. Cancel culture has crossed a line, and I believe that it's past time for the body of Christ to take a stand, joined in unity all over the land. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. With cancel culture, I disagree that we can't say words like he or she. The Bible, for me, settled this issue. If this makes you mad, then grab a tissue. <clears throat> Male and female, God created them. And who are we to challenge him? He came to earth as a babe in the manger. To this kind of love, we were all strangers. See, Jesus came to save the lost, and he died upon that old rugged cross. Laid in that tomb for three whole days, the defeated foes were death, hell, and the grave. He arose with all power, dominion, and might. With the stone rolled away, he finished that fight. We can fight too. The church must stand up. Been silent too long, and I've had enough. The church at one time had abandoned her post, losing her freedom and the things we love most. This is a time where we take it all back. Yes, we'll stand up and get back on track. I started this poem with green eggs and ham, but it's really about the great I am. All right. Great little piece of uh, poetry done by Pastor Chris McRae. And I was talking after we played that, and I was talking to Iverson uh, Jackson, who's a pastor here locally as well. And I said, you know, we need to get try to get him on. And he says, I got his number. <laughs> and I said, well, we got to call him then. Oh, and yes. we did. And he's with us today. And Pastor, thanks for joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Ellswick. Uh, I've uh, been watching the show, and I'm, I uh, enjoy it very much. Well, thank you. Thank you very much on that, and we're glad that you could be with us. I talk about cancel culture a lot on this show, and it's yes, a, it is a dangerous, dangerous thing, and we're not doing enough to stop it here in this country. Well, I totally agree. Um, I wrote that poem because I— I blame the pulpit and the church for not standing up and taking her rightful place um, and talking about this. Um, and so I wrote it because I was talking with one of my spiritual fathers, uh, Terry Moore. We were we were at his ranch and we were talking about it. And and I just put pen to paper and I said, you know what? I'm gonna come back at them just like they came at us, trying to come at with at their agenda. And uh, if we don't stop it, if we don't talk about it, it is going to cause so much damage and trouble for this next generation and um, our people. So that's why I'm standing up against it. I just, I mean, how how do you how do you come against Aunt your Mama? I mean, good night. I can't eat pancakes without you know just because, and all. I mean, how are you? We're just going to cancel it. That's a part of our our culture, our future. I mean, our past. So I just. Um, 
we got to stand up against it for sure. Hey, hey, Irish, and go ahead. Hey, hey, Pastor Chris, how you doing this morning? Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Uh, bless Irish. the Lord, man. Hey, listen, uh, I, just take a second or two and just speak to pastors out there listening, because I know we have a lot to listen to this to this show. And I've said it time and time again. I've said it this morning to the panel that you know the problem with America is just what you stated earlier. That we could we could flip America by this time next week if the pastors in the pulpits would just preach the word. Uh, preach the word. It's not about being political. It's about just preaching the gospel. And and Jesus cannot be canceled, no matter how much the cancel culture right. tries. So, what would you say to pastors uh, to encourage them uh, about this? You know, just preaching the word and not allowing this cancel culture to cancel Jesus out of their church. Well, the truth is, um, I preached a message yesterday uh, just talking about, and I said it, I put a plea out to the pastors and said, look, you you got to stand up. Uh, and with this this cancel culture, Jesus, the Bible says that male and female, he created them. I mean, you can't get away from that. You can't get away from uh, what Jesus said uh, about all of it. I mean, even uh, Black Lives Matter and all these all this racial stuff that's going on. I mean, the scriptures are clear that, um, you know, he says, uh, first be reconciled to God. Then you know after you reconcile to God, you can be reconciled to to some man. I think we skip a step by trying to, you know. I mean, I can't remember in all the church we've done all these foot washings, you know, to try to reconcile people together. I I tell people the black does not come off my feet. You can wash all you want to, the black won't come off. But if you be reconciled to God, it's totally different. And uh, and the thing is too with this cancel culture, um, the scriptures are this clear. I mean, this gender issue. I mean, he male and female. He created them. I mean, it's it's clear in the scriptures. So we got to preach different. And I, like you said, Pastor Iverson, I don't believe we got to be political, but the scriptures are clear. Uh, we're rendering unto Caesar's what's Caesar's, but to God, what's God. Uh, and His and He's very clear in the scriptures about how we're to live our lives in the Word of God. A man will live by bread, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we live by the Word, and we preach the Word, and Jesus will not be canceled. Matter of fact, I'm not trying to preach, but every knee shall bow. <laughs> you go every right ahead. Will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, the glory of God the Father. So we have got to stand up. I'm I'm putting a plea out to all the pastors all over all over the nation to stand up. I don't care what color you are, you stand up and preach the word of God and see this country be turned around. That's that's my plea to the church, to the pastors. Stand up in the pulpit. Stop you know, it's not about money and nickels and noses. It's about counting all those things. It's about counting yourself standing up for Christ. So that's, that, our that's where only, I'm at. That's our only hope. Hey, this is R.D. Thank you for being on our show today. But uh, when you look at it, there has to be a source of authority for right and wrong in our justice system and in, in everything in our principles, our Constitution. There has to be a source of authority. And I see uh, what they're trying to do by calling good, bad, and right, wrong is they're changing government as the source of authority for society instead of God's word and and uh, how do how do we stand up against that well uh thanks Hardy for saying it i i believe that um it is the 
you know, the Bible govern our, governs our lives. Uh, we go, we live by the word, and then the Constitution is what guides this country. And so, with them trying to change the Constitution, I heard uh, that Biden said something about no amendment is is absolute. And I'm just, I'm just like, hey, well, people died for the Constitution and for us to be able to stand up and have and have these rights. You can't, you can't change it just because to fit your narrative. And that's what's going on. These narratives that are going on today uh, don't line up with the with the word and then they're trying to change it to fit what uh, fit them and that's that's just that's not what the constitution is for um you know we got issues going on with um um you know with i mean i'm praying for biden and kamala i'm praying for them to mm-hmm. encounter encounter the lord but at the same time um you cannot change what 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 our forefathers stood for all these years and so the narratives that are out there are false uh if they don't line up with um what what's been fought for and what we've stood up for all these years um and so it's it's um it's really got to change and we, I mean, and I believe in prayer. Obviously, I'm a pastor. I preach prayer, but I believe our people have got to vote, and they got to stand up and take their rightful place. And not, but church has been silent. That's what I wrote in the poem. Church has been silent. People have been silent. We have abandoned our post in this country, and and abandoning our post, um, we have let freedoms. Um, <laughs> that are in jeopardy now, and that's where we are. The reason I believe that we are in this place in this country, but we can turn it around. I believe I've, I have hope, uh, not in necessarily a system. But I have hope in Jesus to be able to have the church. We're waking, awakening a sleeping giant, if you will, um, and so she's 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 waking up to realize, hey, it's it's time for us to. <laughs> I don't like this. This is it's time for us to move and and change things that are that are going on. In this country. Pastor McRae is our guest. We've got to take a quick break. Pastor, we'll be right back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing's ready to take care of your roof. Check it out. We're getting into the springtime. We've already had several severe thunderstorms uh, around our area and through our areas. So you want to make sure that roof is in good shape and it's not going to leak. Uh, you give them a call at 707 3551. Or get online to uh, piroofing.com. They'll set up a time to come out and visit your house, look at your roof. If there's something wrong, they'll get with your appraiser from your insurance, and they'll get it fixed for you. Uh, They did my roof uh, several years back. They've been out to my house a a few times after that uh, to make sure that uh, I was still watertight. I'm going to have them come back out here in a couple of weeks and walk my roof because it's 18 years old, it's time to be looked at again. But it may be the last roof that I ever have to pay for. And Joel Johnson will explain that to you as well. That's P.I. Roofing, P.I.Roofing.com. All right, we continue with our special guest, Pastor Chris McRae out of Dallas. Pastor, what's the name of your church? Uh, the name of our church is Sojourn Church uh, here in Carrollton, uh, in the Dallas Metroplex. Uh-huh. Uh, I just became the uh, the senior pastor last year. I was I actually um, <clears throat> have been at the church since I was 19 years old. Wow! I started started off as the janitor for three and a half years and worked my way up for 25 years and became the lead pastor last year. 
um, to a pastor who was the founding pastor. His name was Terry Moore. Uh, he and I, he's been a spiritual father to me since I was 19. But I was I was raised in Camden, Arkansas. So I've lived in right. Camden, Arkansas, um, um, and raised there, played football there. Um, so I'm, I love, I love Arkansas. That's where I was raised. My parents have a church there in Pine Bluff and, um, Victory Church. Um, and, uh, also, uh, Jerry Abels is the, uh, pastor there. And also, uh, Leonard Ford, who is, uh, evangelist in, in Arkansas, again, Little Rock, Arkansas, has been mm-hmm. a spiritual father of mine. So I, I went to Bible college in, um, uh, here in Dallas when I graduated from high school in Camden, Arkansas, and I've been here serving ever since. And um, it's uh, I, I love it. I love people. I love God's people, and I enjoy pastoring. All right. Now, i got to ask this question. Then Paul's got a question for you. When when you're watching uh, college football on, on Saturdays, do you start getting some spirit fingers going? <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh, raise your back. And uh, my wife... My wife is like, what is that noise you're, that's coming from the bedroom? So that's how we call the hogs. That's how we call the hogs. So, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to root for the Omahogs right now. Omahogs. Yeah, you got go. it. You got it. Absolutely. Paul, you had a question. Yes, yes. This is, this is Paul Calvert here. So one of the things that, that's frustrating to me is that so many ministers who stand in the pulpit and they're supposedly teaching God's word, I'm afraid a lot of them don't know right from wrong. And let me let me give you a little example. There was a there was a discussion going on on Facebook recently where someone had posted a little meme talking about how parents should spank their children to keep them from acting like a bunch of hooligans. And a, a minister who I know personally got on there disagreeing with it, and it, I finally got out of him that he doesn't believe the Bible is God's word. Mm. He's one of these so-called red letter, red letter believers. He believes Jesus' words. But the fact is that Jesus himself recognized that the law of Moses was indeed um, an act of love. It, 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 can, it hangs on the, 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 the two commands, love God and love your neighbor. And it's, so it's, it's frustrating because I'm afraid you are absolutely right. The ministers are falling down. The churches do not stand for truth. They'll, in many cases, I think they'll actually fight against you if you promote justice. What do we do? Well, those ministers need to step down. I don't call them ministers at all. <laughs> Not ministers at all. Uh, number one, um, and thank you for asking the question, but I I um, believe that the whole Bible is the Word of God. Absolutely. From, I'm talking about from the time you take the cellophane <laughs> off to Revelation is God's <laughs> right. Word. And so, therefore, if we stand on, we stand on the Word, um, and I'm telling you what, I, so I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I'll get in trouble, but I'm in Dallas, so they can't come get me. <laughs> Arkansas, um, but uh, I have trouble with with the the governor Hutchinson with this with this last deal about um, you know transgender the, stuff. The pet, what he what he just passed and already was stepping down on the on the whole issue of of taking it away from the parents. I'm telling you what, guys, you know this. It's Arkansas for you. I didn't feel right unless I got a good. 
spanking uh, in in in, right. in the day, and then and you remember if you guys remember, everybody could spank you. I mean, it was a community, uh, and so you can't. The, the, that's why the, I'm standing. I stand up against Black Lives Matter because anytime you stand up, you're saying for, that you're against the nuclear family. How do you? And so we got some pastors that I, I had some friends leave me, and some people get upset with me because I'm taking a stance against this this whole deal about um, about racism and what the Bible says. The Bible says there's one race, there's a human race. He made okay. all all people, and, there's, and so um, we had ministers. Listen, I'm, and I'm I please you either stand on the word or step off the pulpit, um, the whole Bible, or step down uh, because you, we got to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. Uh, and so um, I, I just it's, it's it's trifling to me how we can. Um, how we can try to um, to minister. If the Bible talks about uh, itching ears, we try to tickle mm-hmm. ears, and so you, you can't do that. We got to we got to preach all of the word. Um, if it makes you look bad, you know, people and the apostles counted it worthy to be persecuted for the gospel's sake. And so I'm like Paul. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation. And so um, these these pastors or so-called ministers, they really have to stand on what God is, on the Word of God, all of it, not just some of it. So that's my answer. All right. Pastor, one last question. There's a phrase that people use that sets me off on my show. I, I get really, really, really upset. And that's when they say, my truth. And I mentioned mm-hmm. to them that there's only one truth, and that is the truth. There's not a bunch of my truths in the world. Uh, that's what we got to get back to the truth. Yes, sir. I agree. Mr. Ellswick. And here's what, what I would say to that. Um, truth is not a thing. It's a person. Yep. He just said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And so we really got to get back to, uh, to preaching Jesus and him crucified. Like, uh, like Paul said, but yes, there's no, my truth, because then you, you dilute and you try and you make it fit your narrative and what you, and what you think. And so, um, you know, Bible talks about, renewing your mind with the with the word of god the truth is in jesus and so you, you, there is no my truth <laughs> the yep. truth is not, is who jesus is so yes that that would drive me crazy as well and so we got to we have to as pastors preach the truth and live the truth and that's what god's called us to do all right uh, i'm gonna let you go gotta let you uh, get back to doing what you do we'd like to have you back on in the future is that possible Yes, sir. Absolutely. All you got to do is let me know. And uh, thank you. I love Arkansas, the natural state. And so um, I was I was so glad when I when I got the call. Um, we um, we're up here so you can watch our, our, our messages online at sojournchurch.org. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, who's the uh, who's the guy that sits up front? That's always amen. Amen. And you he, that's a that's a good that's a good you know, guy to have up there in the front. Well, that is uh, my spiritual father, Terry Moore. He's always oh, okay. rooting me on. He is, he's, he's, a true, he's a true father. He's always rooting and cheering. Him and his wife are the best cheerleaders. And my wife, my wife, of course, she's heard those messages 50 times before I get to the pulpit. Sure, sure. All right, Pastor, thanks so much. We appreciate uh, you being with us, and that's uh, Pastor Chris McRae. 
Great job. Thanks for yeah. helping set that up. Oh yes. oh, yes. He's a good man. I didn't realize he had so many Arkansas connections. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, he, well, he, uh, whenever he's, he's going to come in the area, yeah, you let me know so we can get over and say hi to him and hear some of his preaching. Amen. Hear some of that. I tell you, you won't be disappointed. All right. We come back. Uh, we're going to have State Senator Alan Clark, SB 622. Be an interesting conversation in just a moment here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got Rush coming up. He's going to tell us uh, what uh, uh, some of his truth that he's got for us, and that uh, we're going to do that. And uh, then we'll get back into this conversation about 622. We started it uh, in the first hour, and we'll finish it here at the end of our last hour for the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about David Lucas and his ultimate retirement planning checklist. You know, he asked this question, are you ready to retire? Well, if you're young, probably not. You should be getting prepared to retire. But if you're past 50 years old and you're not ready to retire, then you need to put it into fast forward and get ready. And if you're 65, 66 and you're not ready to retire, you may not be retiring. Let's just put it that way. You may have to just continue working. So get this ultimate uh, retirement planning checklist. There's 30 questions in it. You should be able to answer them, them all, and that way you'll know you're on the rails straight ahead for retirement. Call 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And... Uh, be one of the first 10 callers today. You get one of these absolutely free sent to you in the mail or go to davidlucasfinancial.com. All right. We move into our final half hour of today's show and joining us, uh, State uh, <coughs> Senator Alan Clark is with us. And Senator, good to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. But there, I want to talk about something that's been really roiling over the last few days, and this is SB uh, 622. Uh, it seems like, and, and I, I tend to be one of them, I, I won't lie to you, that what we've done as Republicans is given people a, a watered-down version of hate crimes legislation. Do you think that's a good thing to do, or shouldn't we have just said, we don't need hate crimes legislation and move on? Uh, I think we did say we didn't need hate crimes legislation, um, and we actually did something else. Um, the it's actually six twenty two is actually a good equal justice bill. You know, you know, I ask people, I ask myself, you know, why are you against a hate crimes bill? And um, I didn't want to create new classes in the law. Uh, I didn't want slippery slopes, didn't want petty offenses, uh, didn't want uh, hate crimes where there was no other actual crime, um, and we didn't do any of that. Um, we also, uh, we need to do more about truth and sentencing, uh, and this is not a bad place to start, um, and uh, it's a bill that conservatives any other time uh, would have supported. And uh, I talked to some Republican committee chairs across the state privately, and um, the, um, uh, they agreed. I mean, uh, I'd have been happy to have gone home and not done hate crimes, but this um, this does what people said they wanted to do. Uh, you know, to be uh, to be fair about it, 
that they wanted to protect people who were targeted. Um, and this protects all people who are targeted, uh, but it doesn't do any of the things that we said we didn't want to do uh, in a hate crimes bill. All right. Artie Hopper's here. Artie, go ahead. Hey, thank you for calling in, Senator. Uh, you know, we talked to this about this in our Lono County Republican Committee is something that we kind of prepared for. And anything besides that all men are created equal and we're all Arkansans and we're all Americans, seems like it can end up divisive in court whenever they're fishing for they're fishing for something. It I know you tried to improve on what uh Hendren for sure did and, and I believe this is an improvement. But uh it still uh, even the speaker said this could be used in almost any case uh, to give someone a stronger s- sentence or a longer sentence in jail just about for any class. And I'm I'm afraid it, the definitions could be changed later to be used against us. But do you think that's possible, that it, it could be changed later? Not in this bill or this law. I mean, if you read this, the, the bill is very specific. Um, uh, there's a... You know, even a, a felony uh, for charging somebody uh, uh, for an aggravated circumstance, which is targeting, um, and and it includes everyone. I mean, it includes the if it were the Republican congressman and um, the, that were shot at the soft the baseball practice in Washington, uh, it would include that circumstance, uh, and and it so. The, I mean, if you if you murder somebody, I'm not on your side. If you commit arson, I'm not on your side. And if you pick someone out simply because of their group, I'm really not on your side. But if it comes back, you know, should we, um, you know, and the other thing we didn't do is a false sentence enhancement when we uh, when we already our sentences are long enough. Uh, the problem is, is people don't serve their sentences. Uh, they serve one sixth of their sentences. Um, and th- that's one of the things as we were having this discussion about hate crimes is under federal law, you can serve 70 percent. And under Arkansas law, you're serving one sixth. Um, and so, you know, we've had people come back and say, well, you know, we don't agree with the, you know, this 80 percent, you know, is an un is another way of doing it. Well, the 80 percent is actually real compared to a sentence enhancement. Um, but, you know, I always ask people if they support, uh, Jonathan Dismain, Senator Dismain's SB 300, uh, which if you're a, if you're guilty of a previous violent felony, uh, and you commit another felony that include, uh, the, and you do it with a, uh, firearm, uh, <clears throat> that you'll serve a hundred percent of your sentence. And that sailed through. Uh, Senate Judiciary uh, with a 100% vote and sailed through the Senate. I don't know how it will do in the House. Um, but we uh, we are definitely on that said we're for enhanced sentences. Well, I'm for that, too, and I think that's part of this bill that I do like is people actually serving the sentence that they're given. But I, I do believe that it's the best policy for Lady Justice to leave her blindfold on and treat everyone equal. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that I, part I, of it. Yeah, and I think it does that. Um it says it says if you murder somebody, if you um, if you burn somebody's house down or burn somebody's church down, and you did it simply because of the group that they're in, uh, that instead of 
uh, 16% of your sentence, you'll serve at least 80% of your sentence. And I don't think that's something that uh, people will, uh, should be against or normally would be against. Um, uh, and like I said, we definitely look at the fact that because the conservatives were so much against hate crime legislation, including myself, uh, for the reasons that you mentioned, uh, that this was not a good time uh, because of the uh, hindrance bill, because of the press conference. But the other thing, you know, you know, I've been through the private option and I've been through Arkansas Works and I stood through all of that. And the thing that I looked at is that the legislature is going to do something. Uh, not this session, uh, probably, uh, because we had the Senate Judiciary Committee standing in the way. Uh, but but the legislature was going to do something. And if you got a, the ability to control it uh, and do something that is actually good law versus the bad law that we've talked about, you know, that's easy for me to come back and explain here or come back to my district and explain this is good law. Uh, you know, the other side's not happy about it. We did exactly what they asked mm-hmm. for, uh, and they're not happy about it because it's not uh, all those other things. Um, so. Again, I'm gonna take it on the chin a little bit, but um, <laughs> uh, but sometimes sometimes when you're a grown up, you uh, you do grown up things, and uh, this is good law. Um, and uh, I'd have been happier to come home and said we didn't do hate crimes, uh, and we didn't do hate crimes, but we did do what they asked for, which was targeting, and we did, uh, and we've done it with good law. Well, I do understand your position on this law and why you're doing it, and also. Your fight against Arkansas works, and I understand that also. So, thank All you, right. Paul. You had a question. Go uh, ahead. Yes, Senator Clark. This is Paul Calvert. I, I appreciate your efforts on on this to to offer a, I guess, well, maybe I'll call it a less bad alternative. And, and so, I guess I my I guess my question is, why do we set up a, a variation in? Um, and prioritizing motives, if you will, if it, maybe that's the way to put it. Is it so? If if I beat up RD because because he's uh, he's just not like me. He's not part of any group. I don't care about what group he's from. He, he just he just not like me. Versus beating up um, Iverson Jackson because he's black. Then I, I would I could potentially get my eighty percent sentence versus RD. I just get my sixteen percent. Why is there a difference yeah. there? Yeah. Well. You- you know, going back to high school and going back to being a youth pastor, that's pretty simple, Paul. The, you know, you and I get in a fight, you know, on the playground uh, because uh, we're in a football game and uh, we're not not happy with the way the game went, you know, and get into some kind of emotional thing. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I beat you up or you beat me up because you don't like my family, which wouldn't be covered here, by the way. Um, that's a whole other thing. Um, and the because, you know, if if I get together with the other kids on the playground and beat you up because uh, for no other reason than uh, you're identified as a group that wears a MAGA hat, Right. Then then, yes, that's definitely a different thing. Uh, That's bullying. Um, That's a that is that's something other than just a 
you know, that's something, you know, that's not, that's not, you had an affair with my wife. That's, that's not, we had a property dispute. That's, you know, uh, that's, I just picked you out. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, and this law though, makes it very, uh, you know, we, we were very careful. Um, I mean, I'm not going to name the other people that were part of this, but we had some very strict guidelines because we went in not wanting to do it. Um, and we said, we're not going to, we're not going to add new classes. We're not going to violate the fourth amendment. And we went down the list of things we're not going to do. And I thought that was impossible. Uh, and when somebody came up with a bill that did those things, I said, you know, I would much rather go home and say, I didn't do hate crimes. But when you're offered good law that I would have passed any other time, um, although the well had been poisoned and it was a terrible time, I said, you know, sometimes, you know, God answers prayer and gives you a good solution. Uh, and when both sides dislike it, a lot of times that's a really good solution. All right. Let's jump over to Iverson Jackson. He gets the final question for you today. And then we'll be breaking. And uh, State Senator, here is Iverson. Hey, good morning, Senator Clark. Uh, question: You mentioned earlier uh, that this bill, you know, it couldn't fall off the slippery slope. Uh, what what is the uh, for it to be changed later or amended later? What is the mechanism in this bill that would prevent that from happening? Well, first of all, it only if there's only eight crimes or the solicitation of those eight crimes. Um, and so there's no, there's no hate component. There's nothing like the up in Ohio where the, the man was convicted of a hate crime and wasn't convicted of anything else. So there's no slippery slope there. Okay. There's no, um, there's no class. Um, you know, one of the things we, uh, I absolutely will not vote for is putting new victim classes into state law, which then would allow a court to make a decision and all, and say that although we hadn't created new classes specifically, they could separate that out and say we had, and then allow Fayetteville, Hot Springs, Eureka Springs to run and do their own things. And uh, if you read, the, if you look at it, it's very specific. Uh, I mean, I'm not, uh, let me say clearly, a legislature can come back and do anything. You know, a future legislature can come back and do anything, but it won't be from this law. Uh, if they come back and do something, um, it's it's not going to be from this bill. Now, could they add crimes to it? They could. Um, but the other reason I don't believe they will is because the people that are applying the pressure will no longer apply the pressure. Um, and the And that's one of the reasons I put my name on it. Uh, is because I told those people, um, you know, we're going to um, we're going to be very clear about this. Okay. All right, we're going to let you get back to doing the work that you've been elected to do. I know you're either sitting over in Big Mac or you're heading that way. So uh, we'll have you on a little later on uh, uh, over the next couple of weeks as you guys wind things down, and we'll talk about the good. Parts of the of the session and the bad parts. How's that sound to you? 
sounds good. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know, I had I had lots of good uh, good things, and uh, I, I was very disappointed with the uh, governor's veto last week, and mm-hmm. very happy with the legislature's uh, override. Yes. But um, you know, House Bill fifteen seventy was a um, uh, you know that was an issue. I wish he had called me. Before he called me to tell me he was going to veto it, uh, that he never that he never called and and asked me why um, I was a sponsor and, and why um, and what information I had um, uh, I think was a mistake. But um, anyway, uh, we are where we are. All right. Well, we'll we'll get together again. You know, you're one of my favorite legislators. We'll have you back on and and we'll talk specifics of what was good and what was bad. We'll get several of you guys in here and and we'll hash it out here on the show. Appreciate your time this morning, Senator. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me. All righty. Talk to you later. Uh, That, of course, uh, State Senator Alan Clark. Do I think he's right on this bill? No. But does that mean that I'm going to turn my back on State Senator Alan Clark? No. (laughs) How's that one? I can get, I, I, 97% with with Alan Clark. Ain't going to make me throw him out, out the door. Uh, don't forget about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Uh, they'll do a good job of deep cleaning your home. They are absolutely fantastic. They do a fantastic job. We had folks on here uh, from the business on Friday. They went through what they do and how they do it. This is not the way you clean your house. This is St. Clarity Residential Cleaning Deep cleaning this is a real cleaning this is the people who get down and they look at the corner and they see the dirt that's built up in the corner and they go in and they clean it out i don't know about you i look at that and i go eh, i can do that another time <laughs> they take care of it for you all right so here's what i want to do i want to save you some money typically to do a house of 2500 uh 50 square foot or less going to cost you 300 bucks not if you buy a certificate through us here at uh, The Answer. You call 404-6560 after 9 o'clock, talk Chuck, and he'll sell you a certificate for half price, just $150. And you get what the folks at St. Clarity Residential uh, Cleaning set up, what day you want. Now, don't think they're going to come tomorrow if you buy today. It's you, you, they're, they're about 10 days out now. And a lot of people taking advantage of this. So uh, get your certificate, have them come out, clean your house, and then you're going to find out what people who have used them have found out. They like what they do, and then they get them set up for a secondary visit. That's St. Clarity Residential Cleaning, 404-6560, after 9, talk to Chuck, save 50%. All right, about three minutes remaining here on the Monday edition. My thanks again to uh, State Senator Alan Clark, he is one of my favorite uh, senators uh, that's uh, go- that's over at the uh, the House and or the Capitol. And uh, like I said, I don't agree with him on this one, but that doesn't mean that I don't agree with him ninety seven percent of the time because I do. And, and this is, and I like the guy. This is this is one of those bills that okay, it's not great, but it's it's not like you've you've legalized abortion again. It's it's it's. I don't think it sets real good precedent, but I don't think the harm is 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 so immense that it's. Yeah, let me just kind of explain the Dave Ellswick version of 
how I look at laws, all right? David Ray tried to get the special elections taken care of, and you can only have elections on one of two days. That's right? good. So they didn't pass it. It died, all right? But another piece of legislation is out there that's going to pass, and it gives us four elections, all right? Four times that you can do it. You know what? I don't like it, but I can accept it because, you know, you can't do it. 365 days a year, you can only do it, four. you know, four times a year. Maybe Spencer so Hall's we still. won 361 days out of that. <laughs> but it's called you, the art of compromise. Yeah. But, but, you know, those two days that they picked where there wasn't elections anyway, it cost in Lone Oak County about $50,000 oh, to sure. have a special election. I know and, that. And Lone Oak County is about to have a special election, I believe, for the sheriff. I believe it went through the quorum court, and it's going to cost them $50,000. But you going to have one in Cabot. That's coming yeah. up in June. Yeah, so. $60 million bond issue. If oh you vote for goodness. that, why would you put a gun to your head and do that? I don't. I I would never vote for a tax It should increase. take 51% for people to enact taxes on the other 49%. Well, at least get that many to vote. When, when you only have 3% showing up or 5% showing up and raising taxes on everybody. That's why they do it. Right. That's insane. Guys, we're out of time. Paul, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> Paul, thank you for yes, being sir. here. Artie, thanks for coming thank in. You. Iverson, thank you, and thank it's you for setting up, getting this set up. Yeah, get, thanks for getting us set up it's with, with uh, Pastor McRae. We'll have him on again in the future as well. With that all said, you have a great day. Tomorrow, Elizabeth Sotolaro will be in, and the Bible guys right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Show. Find him on Twitter and on Facebook at Dave Ellswick Show. Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. KDXE FM, Kamek Village, Little Rock, a Salem Media Group station. 101.1 FM, The Answer.